This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Campus Voices. I'm Samantha Grove. My guest today is an associate professor at the School of Global Integrative Studies at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, Ms. Heather Richards-Rosetto. She has experience in digital heritage and different types of digital data management with a focus in Mayan culture in the past and more recently a study in the Barbados. She is here today to go over what digital heritage represents, how it is used, and its importance. I'm so glad you could join me today, Professor Richards Rosetto. Before we get too much into the fun stuff regarding your most recent work, I'd like to ask, what is heritage? Cultural heritage um, is... Uh, what really it's about how the past is valuable to the present and as well to the future. Uh, heritage involves uh, tangible elements as well as intangible elements. So often when we think of cultural heritage, we tend to think of archaeological sites or historical buildings um, or objects in a museum. However, that's really only part of the picture. Um, what's really, really important um, and which is more difficult to potentially preserve, which is a big aspect of heritage, are the intangible elements, such as songs, uh, dances, um, and uh, oral traditions. So really when we're talking about heritage, it's something that is valuable to cultural groups and society. Um, and while we may have personal heirlooms as individuals, and those would be considered heritage, when we think of cultural heritage as maybe a field, um, it tends to be focused more on a societal level um, and how we can basically learn from the past um, and how we um, it's integral to our everyday lives, whether we're aware of it or not, and how we can learn from um, past practices um, uh, it, in order to sort of um, serve humanity in the future as we move forward. So in terms of digital heritage, um, it's really anything that is created by a computer. Uh, it tends to be, as we think of it, intangible, right? It's zeros and ones, bits and bytes. Um, and heritage in terms of digital can range from uh, digitized or like scanned uh, historical documents uh, or maps to... Uh, digital photographs, given that we typically don't use film photography anymore, we've now created our, much of our visual documentation would be done through via video or digital photos and digital heritage. It also includes our software, the code that we write, as well as the tweets and the Facebook posts we write that's informing us potentially on our heritage. Um, as we move forward. Um, and another really sort of important field of uh, digital heritage that we may not think about that's actually quite valuable uh, are video games and virtual reality environments, sort of a growing field uh, um, and form of cultural representation and expression that we are experiencing um, uh, today. So when you take an item that is not digital, like... Um you know, a, a textile piece of something or a piece of art, and then you then take a photo, is that then considered part of that digital heritage? Or it, is it kind of normal heritage? Or is it kind of both at this point? So, well, you really, what you're going from is that tangible object into the intangible, 
uh, realm, well, the digital realm, right? So what you're doing is you are, you're creating something that we call is not born digital because it actually has a physical representation. That is the physical textile. And you're, you're, for example, you could take a photograph of it. And if you're taking it with a digital camera, right, you are storing it then in a digital format, right? Zeros and ones, but often we might think of a JPEG or a TIFF um, in terms of the file formats. Uh, um, however, you could also scan that object in 3D um, and then have a digital representation, an alternative digital representation that would offer different forms of um, data within it that can be analyzed and used in different sorts of sorts of ways. So yes, when you're going from a physical um, and digitizing it in some way, <laughs> making it a, a digital representation of it, um, you are entering the realm of digital heritage. If you're just now joining us, I'm Samantha Grove and I'm sitting down with um, Professor Richard Zerzetto from the School of Global Integrative Studies. Next, I'm really curious to know uh, what are kind of the pros and cons of digital heritage? The so one is it's pre- actually providing a way to preserve that object, at least at that moment in time. Right, you're capturing sort of what it looked like, um, and depending um, on how you've captured the data, whether 2D versus 3D or other kinds of digital methods, um, you may have be able to get more data out of it. Um, it also, as I was saying and alluding to before, is it provides and offers greater greater accessibility um, to people throughout throughout the world. Um, in terms of uh, the, I mean, those would be kind of the two major benefits. In addition to that, in terms of a big part of what digital heritage is, is not simply preservation. It it is that accessibility apart and not simply accessibility in terms of let's go and look at this single object, but maybe embedding that object within a larger framework of a digital platform to tell stories and narratives about a culture, right? So what was the importance of that single object, right? That textile, right? It's important because it comes maybe from, you know, many centuries ago. Um, it might have uh, be unique. However, how did it play a role in the culture in which it was originally situated? And what values does that represent in terms of practices and pro- um, processes that that culture may have um, have, have undergone right, or, or uh, done um, that we can use and see and know that are they're valuable for us today and as we move forward in the future? Um, so it may be easier to think less about a textile um, in this case um, for me, but to think about perhaps, um, and this is more in the intangible realm, but and in, maybe in oral traditions, is thinking about uh, subsistence practices in a certain area. There are uh, uh, cultural groups throughout the world um, who have long uh, lived in certain areas and adapted and modified their practices um, to that area and have done well to sort of lived a sustainable kind of life, right? Um, and some of those, that deep knowledge rooted with the environment around them, right? That is heritage. Um, those, those, tr- those traditions, those practices, and we can learn from those, um, those practices um, in terms of maybe addressing some of the larger problems we are facing today on a global scale. What are some modern examples, like getting a little bit more specific, you can choose one, choose two, that really illustrates how important it is to um, recognize the importance of digital heritage and how we can use it to, um, you know, or preserve or understand in a different way, those kinds of things that you've already talked about. Uh, Well, I have just 
been working recently um, at the island of Barbuda um, in the Caribbean um, with the director of the School of Global Integrative Studies, Sophia Perticaris. Um, and in that environment, um, it's been it's been impacted dramatically in the, the last five years. In 2017, Hurricane Irma came uh, through the through the area. The eye of the hurricane was literally over this small 62 square mile island, um, and uh, that dramatically, uh, this big climatic climatic event dramatically impacted sort of the environment and the long-term practices in which they had engaged with on the island. Um, and so it, there was political disruption um, in terms of them having to leave the island for, or the, the inhabitants having to leave the island for a while um, and then returning. Um, and a lot of the uh, practices of the island um, in terms of um, uh, had just been really disrupted. Right, due to this big climatic event, as well as the political disruption that that occurred, um, and sort of simultaneously, um, sort of uh, in the last few years, there's been a lot of development, external development, foreign development on the island, which is really changing the nature of not only the cultural interactions on the island, but actually the physical sort of ecological environment as well. So, in combination of that, um, a lot of the heritage. Um, has, is being is being lost um, uh, in terms of understanding what plants on the environment offer certain properties um, uh, in terms of what you know what might be good for medicinal purposes what is um, excellent for um, sort of uh, um, sort of making certain mortars right there is this fascinating process that comes uh, historically over three or four hundred years right uh, in terms of using mortar from the from three prime ingredients available architectural building on the island uh there's um so it's 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 this this these changes that are happening and um are influencing the heritage of the island which are these unique understandings and the the, the people traditionally have a relationship with the environment there that um is is, is being lost um and simultaneously the the landscape of the island is being dramatically changed as well in a way that really does, is not appearing to be sustainable in the long term. Um, so we're losing those heritage values, which have helped to create this long term, you know, uh, a place where it's been sustainable. Right. And now that island is a fragile kind of small ecosystem that with current changing practices and the loss of sort of these more uh, traditional practices, for lack of a better word, right, um, is is it will in all likelihood um, it is definitely changing the dynamics of the island, um, and most likely not necessarily in a positive sort of way. If you are just now tuning in, I'm Samantha Grove, and I'm with Professor Richard Rosetto from the UNL School of Global Integrative Studies. So. As we've been watching changes happening in anthropological study and kind of social changes also happening in the last 10, 20 um, years or so, what have you noticed specifically regarding digital heritage that has been changing and uh, where do you see that going in the future? I think the biggest element is really engaging with the, the communities you're working with, right? At a local level, they are, they are co-creators, co-collaborators from the start. Um, and that is really integral um, to not sort of come in, uh, you know, as an academic or whatever industry you might be from sort of and say, OK, this is what we're going to do. And here's what, why we're going to do it. And here's what's important. Right. 
that 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 is uh, fundamentally wrong. <laughs> so that shift has really come to sort of you know understanding um, and speaking with community members and finding out you know what is important to them. Um, what do they see as integral? What do they see as valuable, and why? Right, and how would they like to see some of that represented? So, for example, in Barbuda, there was a request to um, sort of, uh, you know, assist. I don't know, request with the wrong word, but an initiative took place, um, which allowed for this opportunity in which the, um, the the members of sort of the council of, of Barbuda or members of tourism invited us to do this photogrammetric model. Right. And sort of they saw it as a way to help preserve the site. Right. Which is um, from development and sort of um, is not only simply preserve it, but sort of promote the the value of Barbuda sort of as it is. And from its heritage perspective and not necessarily from the point of view um, is this sort of, you know, as a tourist place that respects its history, right? And it, that its history is still in it. The historical framework is integral to its uh, cultural uh, manifestations today um, versus, you know, the, the tourism that is sort of that changes or sort of ignores that local aspect in some ways. So in this case, we, you know, we're hoping that through uh, promoting a, a specific historical ruin um, digitally, so that would allow people to sort of engage with it from afar, but also interactively on the site in terms of using QR codes so that they can bring up some of these models in situ, right? And then also working with the local guides who bring people up through that area to sort of who um, to sort of um, engage more with the site, its history, right, and its role in the broader, broader complexity of the islands, right? Whether it's you know whether its history had it has positive aspects and it has negative aspects, right? But it's integral to that area. Um, so to come back to the main point, I, it's really about working with the cultural groups and uh, as co-creators from the start, right, and co-collaborators throughout the process. Thank you to Professor Richard Sorsetto for coming on today's show. That was Associate Professor at UNL School of Global Integrative Studies, Heather Richards Rosetto, discussing digital heritage. I'm Samantha Grove, and this has been Campus Voices. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.